where early morning tea and coffee and rusks and fruit were laid on a long table beneath the thatched cathedral-style roof. What's going on? You're late. Inspector Sunny van Rensburg looked at her watch and frowned. The South African minister was talking to an aide, an empty coffee cup in his hand. He looked at Tom and then beyond him, down the walkway. Tom motioned her aside with a hand on her elbow. She shrugged off his touch. Where's Greaves? he whispered. That's what we want to know. Not only are you late, but he hasn't shown up. Neither has his policy adviser. He saw the naked disapproval on her face of him as well as of his tardiness. She must have guessed what had gone on the night before. It was no time to think about what she thought of him. He must be on the phone to the UK. I'll go and check on him. I already did that, she said. There was no answer. Why didn't you come and find me, he asked. Ugh, I've got my own man to look after. I can't be running around after you, Tom. Her Afrikaans accent, which he found appealingly exotic at first, grated on his ears. He strode back down the walkway to the suite of the UK Minister for Defence Procurement. Tom prayed that he was right, that the Honourable Robert Greaves was on the phone to his immediate superior, the Secretary of State for Defence, or a senior bureaucrat on some urgent matter of state, and that was why he hadn't answered the door and was late. He felt physically sick, but didn't know why. He'd had only one beer the night before. He came to the third suite, took a deep breath to quell the dizziness and steady himself, and knocked. No answer. Sir, it's Tom, he called. He waited for exactly a minute and knocked again. Nothing. He pulled out his mobile phone and dialed the minister's private number. It was for emergencies only, but Tom could feel his pulse rate rising straight through to voicemail. He tried the policy advisor's mobile. It rang out, and he heard Bernard Joyce's cultured voice on the message. Tom went on to Bernard's suite, even though he had already tried it once, and knocked on the door. Bernard! Nothing again. He thumped harder. Bernard! He jogged down the decking to his own unit, opened the door, strode in and called Greaves's suite. While he waited, he saw through the haze of mosquito netting the woman still sprawled there. If she was awake, she was hiding it. He cursed himself, his weakness. The landline rang out. No answer. Shit, he said. Stay cool. There was no answer in Bernard's suite. They weren't talking on their room phones. Tom headed back to reception. He ignored the South African policewoman's inquiring look and went to the duty manager, a young white guy called Piet. I need the key to Greaves's suite. But Tom, man, that's highly regular. Can't we just... Now! The man obeyed this time, unquestioning. Tom forced a smile for the South African Defence Minister, Patrick Duell, who was having a hard time hiding his impatience. Greaves wasn't the kind to go off with Bernard for an impromptu morning stroll. 
Tom had learned in a very short time that when a schedule was made, he stuck to it and woe betide anyone who was a minute late. Tom jogged back to Greaves's suite. Instinctively, he raised his polo shirt so that the butt of his glock was exposed and easier to draw. Mr Greaves, sir, he called again. He heard footsteps and spun round. It was her. Sonny held up a skeleton key of her own. Great minds, he thought to himself, without mirth. Go to number four, Bernard Joyce's suite. There was no answer there either. Let yourself in. She nodded. No time for smart-mouthing any more. He let himself into the minister's luxurious room. It was identical to his in its safari-chic decor and opulence. He took in the signs immediately. The fallen lampstand, the sheets in disarray, the tangle of mosquito netting on the floor.